All right, greetings to all of our campuses and those perhaps watching online because of the snowstorm. However you're experiencing this, we are glad you're here. We are in the midst of a very significant season in the life of our church. We are focusing together on this theme of being strong and courageous, how we can face our fears and move forward in all that God has called us to move forward in. Now, not only does this theme apply to our everyday lives, it also applies to our church and something that God is calling us to move forward in this coming year, something we are calling Gospel Unleashed Hope Renewed. I'm going to be sharing more about that a little later in the message, but I, 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 want to be, I want us to begin by focusing on a very important and honestly sort of a weird um, passage in the book of Joshua. If you have your Bible or iPad or smartphone, please turn to Joshua chapter 5. In this series, we have been focusing on Joshua and how God called him to lead his people into the land that God had promised them. Now, even though God had promised them the land, they're still going to have to enter the land. And that entering the land is going to require them to do some hard stuff. It's going to require them to face their fears and to be strong and courageous and to enter into these battles. And so, As we saw a few weeks ago, they initially, the first challenge was the Jordan River. They had to face the challenge of crossing the Jordan, and that required courageous obedience. And so then they get across the Jordan. They're they're now in the promised land, and what's the first thing they see? The walls of Jericho. They see this fortified city that they're supposed to take. Very intimidating. And so as they're camped on the plains outside of Jericho, facing this challenging task, something very important happens to Joshua, and it's something that becomes extremely relevant for us as well. Let me read Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. This is God's word. Okay, so what is this about? Well, what's going on here? We're told that Joshua was near Jericho. Perhaps he was away from camp scouting out the walled city. And all of a sudden, he sees a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword. Obviously, this man is armed and ready for battle. And so Joshua, understandably, wants to know which side this guy is on. And so Joshua approaches him and asks, are you for us or for our enemies? And his answer is fascinating. He says, neither, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And, and Joshua immediately falls on his face before, you know, bowing in reverence. So who is this person? Now, he could be an angel who has uh, been entrusted to lead the angelic forces in battle. But I believe this is actually Jesus in pre-incarnate form. Now, why do I think that? It's because of what he says at the end of this conversation. <clears throat> Verse 15 Jesus says, take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. This is similar to what happened to Moses when he encountered God at the burning bush in in Exodus. This is no trivial event. Joshua realizes he is in the presence of God. 
But this presence is in the form of a man, which is why I believe this is Jesus. Now, Joshua doesn't know him as Jesus. All Joshua knows is that this being that he calls, he refers to as Lord, Yahweh, this being is God. This is holy ground, which is why Joshua immediately bows and takes off his sandals in, in reverence to this, for this holy one. He is in the presence of God. Okay, so what is, this, what is the message that God has for Joshua? It's not what we would expect. God doesn't simply say, I'm going before you. I'm with you in these battles. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to battle for you. No, no there's, there's something more significant happening here. Joshua asks him, what side are you on? And remember his answer, neither. I mean, what, a, what an interesting answer. This is the Lord. He has provided this land. He has promised that he is going before them, that he will fight for them. So why did he answer this question with neither? I'm not on one side or the other. Well, here's, I believe, why. As they were getting ready to take the land God had promised them, Joshua needed his soul imprinted with a foundational truth. God is advancing his kingdom not our kingdom. God is advancing his kingdom, not our kingdom. God wanted Joshua to realize that this is not about God siding with the Israelites to help them get what they want. No, this is about God accomplishing his purposes and inviting the Israelites to be a part of that. Do we see the diff do you see the difference? I mean, one is us centered our agenda, our desires, our will. The other is God-centered, his agenda, his will, his kingdom. Huge difference between those two. This foundational question for Joshua is also a foundational question for each one of us. Whose kingdom are we pursuing? In other words, what is the purpose of our lives? I love how Rick Warren started his book, The Purpose Driven Life. You know, this book is about how we can discover God's purpose for our life and sold millions of copies. Um, great book. He started the book with these words. It's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. That's great. That is so true. I mean, but do we, do we believe that? Do we believe that our lives are ultimately about God's kingdom, about his purposes? Let's be honest. We often don't think like that. We often don't live with that perspective. Rather than aligning our lives with God's kingdom, what we typically do is try to get God to fit into our agenda, right? We want God to fit into and bless what we're doing so that we can accomplish our goals, and so that we can live the life that we want to live. I mean, honestly, this is American Christianity, isn't it? In many respects, this is American Christianity. How can we get God to bless our agenda? 
to bless our business, to bless our family, to make our lives more comfortable so that we can achieve the American dream, et cetera, et cetera. We would never say it that way, but isn't that how we often live? We want God to fit into what we're doing. We want, we want a safe grandfather type God whose goal is to make sure everyone on the playground has a good time, Right? And and this passage in Joshua reminds us that God isn't interested in that. (laughs) He's not interested in being that. He's not interested in becoming our servant so that we just kind of use him when convenient to get the life we want. No, he, he is Lord. He is holy. He is advancing his kingdom, not ours. Which means that the critical choice we have is whether or not to align our lives with his agenda. The choice we have is to align our, whether or not to align our lives with his kingdom advancing. That's the critical issue. Are we using God for our purposes or are we living our lives for his purposes? That one question can change everything could change everything. I remember the first few years of my walk with Christ, uh, it, it, it was honestly, it was honestly about him fitting in to what I wanted to do, into my schedule, into my life and my plans. He was, he was a convenient, in a sense, he was a convenient tag along when I got in trouble. Now, now God, God understands this. <clears throat> he understands that this is how we often begin our relationship with him. But he doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to move beyond a Christianity that revolves around us and and instead to grow into a Christianity that revolves around him. For me, that transformation began to happen. I'm still on this journey, but it began to happen my first year of college. You know, I realized that I could pursue this comfortable Christianity that placed God kind of on a shelf until I really needed him, I could pursue that or I could begin to take his claims seriously and begin orienting my life around him as Lord and King. Again, I'm very, still very much on this journey, but that decision of which path I was going to be on, that decision was huge. It was huge, and it's huge for us as well. Is our Christian experience, is our Christianity characterized by a focus on our kingdom or a focus on his kingdom, on our agenda or his agenda? So what exactly is God's agenda? In the book of Joshua, the agenda seems to be focused on taking ownership of the land, right? But again, as we've said all along, we look at this passage, we look at this, this, this uh, book of the Bible through the lens of the New Testament. And when we do that, we realize that there was something much bigger on God's heart than just this land. The land was foundational for something else. See, when, when God initially called Abraham to be the father of the nation of Israel in Genesis 12, God told him, God told Abraham that he would multiply and and bless, that God would bless his descendants so that they could be a blessing to the world. See, that's God's plan. 
which culminated in the coming of Jesus, who in his life and then in his death and resurrection showed us what God's kingdom was ultimately about. Jesus himself described what this advancing kingdom looks like in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Here's Jesus describing the kingdom advancing. This is what it looks like. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. See, that's been God's heart all along. That's the full expression of his kingdom, setting captives free, preaching good news to those in darkness, healing the broken. Jesus lived that, and then he released that mission to us, his church. I mean, we are to continue the advancement of this kingdom into our broken world. But our involvement in that kingdom requires us to face the very same issue Joshua had to face before beginning to take the land. Whose kingdom are we advancing? Whose kingdom are we advancing? Are we going to focus our lives on our agenda, our will, our comfort and kingdom, or are we going to align our lives with his agenda, with his will, with his kingdom? That is a huge question that can make an unbelievable difference in how we live our lives. Jesus was all over this, right? Remember he said, um, seek first the kingdom and all these other things will be taken care of as well. I mean, that's the point. This is the main thing Jesus is saying. Seek first my kingdom, all these other things will be taken care of. Or in the Lord's Prayer, remember the Lord's Prayer when he, when, he, uh, when he was teaching us how to pray. He prayed, your kingdom come before he prayed, give us this day our daily bread. I mean, Jesus is all over that. This is so foundational. This is so significant that we understand this. It's about his kingdom and aligning all this other stuff with his kingdom. Now, there are, there are all sorts of ways that we can apply this to our lives. And I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is doing that even as, 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 as I'm speaking. But, but I, want us, I want us to hone in on, a, on one very specific point of application for each one of us here. As we have been talking about for the past few weeks, God got our attention as a church in a fairly dramatic way about 10 years ago and challenged us to break out of our spiritual complacency and to become a people who are focusing our hearts on the things that break God's heart. To be a people who are more and more aligning our lives with God's kingdom purposes in our community and around the world. And so we started to do that. We started to look at some areas of need, places where God's kingdom is desperately needed, and our hearts began to break over these situations. And as a church, we said, let's do something. Let's do something. Let's respond to these things, not only financially, but also in sending people. Let, let's align our priorities so they reflect God's heart of compassion. Well, the most recent of these journeys we have called Gospel Unleashed. For the past three years, Gospel, in Gospel Unleashed, some amazing things have happened. Thousands of lives have been changed. Hundreds of churches have been planted. Hundreds of leaders have been developed, which is awesome. And the, honestly, the biggest impact has probably been on us. 
Not only have many of us given generously to Gospel Unleashed, which is awesome in terms of what happens to our faith as we give like that, but not only that, hundreds of you have traveled to these places around the world and have been the hands and feet of Jesus to hurting people. God has been changing us through Gospel Unleashed as we have intentionally been engaging in the advancement of his kingdom. Our hearts are growing more and more to reflect his heart. Well, this three-year journey, this three-year Gospel Unleashed experience officially comes to a close this month, the month of February, at the end of this month, next week. But we do not believe that God is wanting us to stop engaging in this kind of ministry, to stop advancing his kingdom in these ways. There, there are significant heartbreaking needs around the world. And we, we do not want to be a church that just sits back and ignores these things. We want to be a church that is aligned with and is investing in God's agenda, God's kingdom all around us, which is why we're inviting and challenging each one of you to be a part of this next step for our church, a one-year journey, not three years. This one is just a one-year journey that we're calling Gospel Unleashed Hope Renewed. Now, our goal in Hope Renewed is to raise $700,000 over and above our regular giving. These resources will go directly to help some of these heartbreaking situations and, and significant needs. For example, right now, millions of young girls in India are being forced into sex tra- the sex trafficking industry. I mean, we're talking 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old girls being forced to service a dozen men every day. Dads, can you imagine that being your daughter? Women, can you imagine being trapped in a lifestyle like that with no escape? Does God care about this situation? Absolutely. You see, he wants this wall of Jericho to fall down, to come down. He wants this horrible practice to stop. This is part of what it looks like for his kingdom to advance. Okay, so, so what are we to do? Our tendency is to just not think about it, right? We kind of not think about it, to just continue to live our ordinary lives or think, you know, there's really no, it's overwhelming, there's nothing we can do. But there is something you and I can do. When we choose to give to Hope Renewed this coming year, we will be helping rescue girls from sex trafficking. We just had a team of volunteers from Christ Community returned from a trip to India. I was able to visit with our, our team leader, Rachel Batsin, this past week, and I was so excited um, just to hear about the ministry that's happening there. Through Hope Renewed, we will be supporting the Courage Home, which provides shelter for young girls who have been rescued from sex trafficking. All the girls in this home are under 18 years old. We are also supporting the Atulia Home helping women over 18 years old who are wanting to start a new life. Here's here's a picture of some of the girls at the Atulia home and and some of the team members from Christ Community. This was just taken a couple weeks ago. And you'll notice these these women are wearing shawls. They're they're wearing shawls. These are prayer shawls that the team from from our church brought to these women. They gave them to these women as a symbol of God's love for them. So imagine the power of this in the life of a girl who has been treated like property for men to use. And now she is wrapped tangibly in God's love 
being expressed through a, through a, a church here. This is what it looks like for God's kingdom to be advancing, and we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of that. Our Hope Renewed resources are also helping minister in one of the slums around the same area in India. You can, you can see here, this, this is how people live. You know, as we go home to our, 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 where we live today, after the service or, or whatever, just think about that picture. That's how they live. Now, the thing is, children that live in that environment are especially vulnerable to being trafficked. But that risk goes down significantly when those children are able to get an education. So Hope Renewed Resources are going to help provide for this school, for this school in this area. These children are learning about Jesus. They are learning skills to help them succeed and to not be sucked into this life of poverty and and trafficking. You see, this is what God's kingdom advancing looks like. And again, we get to be a part of this. Not only, not only financially, this isn't just about money, not only financially, we, we know these people. <laughs> we just sent a team there, right? We're, we're, we're sending teams to these places. So when you give to Hope Renewed, you are helping these children, these women, experience hope and rescue from a horrific circumstance that we can't even imagine. Horrific circumstances beyond what we could even imagine in terms of sexual abuse and rape and incest and poverty. Another example, every day. This is a relevant example. Every day we read about what's happening in Syria. Right? Every day. The conflict is horrible. Millions of people being killed. Churches being destroyed. One of our partners sent this picture. This was just in in his neighborhood. Churches being destroyed. Millions of refugees flooding to other areas. The need is enormous. So, so we can read about this stuff in the newspaper or on the internet and think, wow, it's really horrible there. I'm glad I don't live there. You know? But what would it look like for us to actually align our lives with God's purposes? What would it look like for us to do something that could help bring God's kingdom into that situation? Well, Hope Renewed enables that to happen. In Hope Renewed, we're going to be helping resource some incredibly faithful and brave leaders on the ground in Syria who are sharing Christ and helping establish churches. These guys are amazing. I've met a number of them. Amazing. One of the church planners we're supporting through Hope Renewed that we're going to be supporting is a guy named Malky. I've met Malky, prayed with him. Amazing guy. Gentle spirit. Tremendous heart and gifting and healing prayer. At one point in his ministry among the Druze, which is a very difficult people group, a woman who had cancer, not a believer in Christ, but she had cancer. She came to him for prayer. Um, but she, was, she wasn't a believer, but she was drawn to Malky's love and, and concern, the way he lived his life. So he prayed for her. He prayed for her for healing. She was miraculously healed. Many people came to Christ because of that. There are now 70 Druze churches that exist in that, in that region of Syria, 70. And one of, those, one of those churches actually sent missionaries to Saudi Arabia, which is just awesome. Malki is now working in Damascus, sharing Jesus, praying for people, ministering to people. And again, to think, we get to be a part of this. We get to be a part of bringing God's kingdom to a war-torn region like Syria. When you give to Hope Renewed, you are helping Malki and other church planters that we have in Syria. 
Those are just two of the areas, <laughs> just two of the areas that we're focusing on in this hope renewed vision. As, as Pastor Steve shared last week, there are plans to continue to train under-resourced pastors and leaders throughout our International Training Institute. Within this Hope Renewed journey, funds are, are helping support a church plant, bringing the gospel to the Karini people here in Greeley. That work started with volunteers in our church. Within Hope Renewed, our funds to help our Christ Community Spanish congregation thrive and grow in a new location. This is very exciting. They're currently maxing out in the community room. No, there's no more room. Our hope is that by Easter, they're going to be able to meet downtown in the Bel Air at Zoe's, which will more than double their capacity. And they have a huge vision to more intentionally minister to Spanish-speaking folks living on the east side of 8th Avenue. Your gifts to Hope Renewed can help make that happen. Hope Renewed is all about us giving to make a kingdom impact through compassion, through churches being planted, and leaders being developed. Now, if this is all kind of new to you, there was a we, we put together a magazine. There are copies in the lobby. Um, it was handed out last week. Everyone got one. But if, if you weren't able to be here or whatever, you can grab a magazine in the lobby, and you can just read more details about the Hope Renewed vision because it is very exciting stuff. Now, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. We as a church have been doing this kind of stuff for nine years. And, and let's be honest, it can start to feel sort of routine, almost ho-hum. But we need to be reminded, this is not ho-hum. This is not routine. This is about real people needing God's kingdom. This is about recognizing the God-sized vision placed before us. It's about seizing the opportunity we have this coming year to make a difference in the lives of real people that are living in horrible and challenging circumstances. And we can help bring the love and the hope of Jesus to them. This is what the church is about. I mean, if you, if you get tired of hearing about gospel unleashed type things, if you get frustrated when, when we challenge our church to give generously to these kinds of needs, let me just say, say this as, as gently as possible. You may need to find another church because this is who we are. This is not a blip on the screen. This is who we are. This is who we want to continue to be, a church whose heart breaks for the needs around us. A church that is willing to give generously to help strategically extend God's kingdom here on this earth. A church that's willing to go, where people here are willing to go to these places in need, bringing hope and help and light. I am thrilled to be a part of a church like this. I'm not embarrassed to be a part of a church. I'm thrilled to be a part of a church like this. No apologies about that. I'm thrilled to be a part of a church like this. And we have an amazing opportunity before us in Hope Renewed. So here's what I'd like us to do. Um, I'd like you to take out the pledge card in the, in the information pack or the worship packet you were given. There's a pledge card in an envelope. If all of us could take that out, you can open the envelope and just take the card out. We, we handed these out last week as well. Um, and what we're asking, and this is, this is kind of commitment weekend. And so what we're asking is that all of us prayerfully seek the Lord and ask him if and how he would want us to be financially involved in Hope Renewed. Again, this is over and above our regular giving. 
It is a a spirit-directed gift or commitment to this particular endeavor. Whatever the Lord tells us how he wants us to be involved, we respond that way. So as you can see on this card... There is a year-long commitment for the. This is a year-long commitment for the next twelve months through February of 2016. You can give a one-time gift. You can make it a weekly gift. You can make it a monthly gift. On the pledge card, we would ask you just to write down your what your commitment is going to be in, in those things over the next twelve months. Now, the reason we do the pledge card thing, the reason this we need this information is not so that we can harass you about your commitment. I promise we're not going to do that. We, we don't do that here. The reason we need to know what people are committing to give this coming year through February is so that we can plan accordingly in terms of these funds and the needs that are out there in various areas of impact. Um, we, we, we handed out these last week, and so a number of you perhaps are prepared to turn those in, which we're going to do in just a couple minutes here. Others of you have gone online, and you've already made a commitment there, and some of you maybe just kind of thinking about and going to fill out the card right now, which is great. You can also turn it in next weekend if you're not prepared to know how, how, how you're wanting to give, or you can mail it in. You can give online if you happen to be watching this on your computer or phone or whatever, you can give online as well. All that we ask, seriously, all we ask here is that you pray. That all of us pray and ask God how he would want us to be involved. Again, and then just to, to obey him, to follow him in that way. Our goal, again, is $700,000 given over this next year. And I, I really believe if all of us just listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he asks, he'll provide. He's going to provide all of that. Let's just be open to his leading. And also, please remember that every little gift matters. Just deciding to give up a Starbucks run once a week doesn't sound like much, but $5 a week is $20 a month, and that's $240 this coming year. That's $240 that could help provide a year of schooling for one of the children attending our school in in Uganda that ministers to children impacted by HIV or that $240 could provide a significant amount of medicine at our medical clinic in eastern Uganda. Every gift matters. Every gift matters. Thanks for your willingness to let your heart be broken by the things that break God's heart. Thanks for your willingness to pray about being a part of this one-year journey. And thanks to those of you who are saying yes to being a part of Hope Renewed. So what I'd like to do right now um, in just, in just a, a minute or two is have a brief time of quiet where we can ask God about this. So you can just keep your card out there. You can fill out the card if you need to do that. We'll just take a minute here or so. Fill out the card. Just have an opportunity to pray. Um, and then in, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to uh, kind of receive an, an offering for that. And, and as, as that the buckets go by in a couple of minutes, you can put the card in there in the envelope so it's confidential. But you can also give any gift that you want to give. This will be our first offering, technically our first offering for Hope Renewed. Um, and so we encourage you, if you're, if you're ready to give, you can do that. Um, and if you're not, you can, again, do that online and all that stuff. Um, so let's, um, what I want us to do here, and, oh, by the way, if you're going to give to Gospel Unleashed, the three-year journey that's finishing, 
All we ask is that if you're, if you're uh, going to make up that, you know, we have a couple weeks to do that, and that's great. If you have a, made a pledge and you're wanting to make that up, which is great. All we ask is that you, can, you put that in the regular envelope rather than the, the one we just showed you, the Gospel Unleashed Hope Renewed. Just put any Gospel Unleashed ones in the regular envelope if you're able to do that. So then we can kind of designate where that goes. We're just kind of in this transition here where Hope Renewed is starting Gospel Unleashed gifts are already being, are also being given, and so we're in a couple weeks here where there's a little bit of transition. So thanks for your understanding in that. Okay, so let's let's just take a couple minutes here and just respond as the Lord is wanting us to respond. I want to pray. Ushers, you don't need to come forward yet, but I just want to pray for us and then give us a minute or two uh, just to, to respond. So um, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd lead um, each one of us that you would lead and direct in this process. We just want to obey you. We want to be a part of your kingdom, and we, we want to obey you. And so you know each of our situations, and we just pray that you'd lead us, that you would stir generosity in our hearts, this desire to be a part of your kingdom advancing in some very dark places around the world. So we commit this to your, we pray to you, we pray for this church, and each one of us here to respond as you would want us to respond. Amen. All right, let's just take a moment or two here, a minute or two, and just get that information ready. And again, just a reminder, if you're not ready in terms of you haven't talked to your spouse about this or whatever, that's okay. We can, you can turn this in next week, but we wanted to at least launch this, um, this this weekend. All right. So in a moment, the ushers are going to just pass the buckets around, and you can put your cards, you can put the gifts in there at this time. And uh, this is very exciting, a launch of a really exciting uh, journey together the next 12 months. So thank you for your, uh, your heart um, as a church and your investment in these kinds of things. So why don't we, um, we're going to stand. Ushers, come on forward. You can um, pass those buckets around. Let's stand as the worship team. They're going to lead us um, in, in, uh, in, in worship. And let me just, uh, yeah, encourage us to, uh, to, in fact, let me pray for us. Lord, we just ask you to set us free to worship you as we're singing, as we're um, perhaps putting these commitments in the bucket or gifts in the bucket. We just want to align our lives with your purposes for us individually and as a church. We love you. Thanks for in inviting us to participate in your advancing kingdom. We love you, Lord. We love you, God.